It was a hot Sunday night at the farmhouse in Kelly. 11 people were inside, including Elmer Lucky Sutton, his wife, and friends Billy Ray and June Taylor. The two couples worked the carnival, but a stop in Evansville left them near Lucky's hometown and a chance to visit and grab a home-cooked meal. But what would happen that steamy summer evening would change their lives forever and become the focus of a global debate? It was like a three-ring circus. Did Daddy ever talk about it? Not very often. You were very, very, very lucky if you got into talk. And me, I didn't want to hear it. It scared me. Geraldine Sutton-Stith is Lucky's daughter. She's written books about her late father that night and what would become known as the Kelly Incident. <laughs> by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the Central University. A study on the wise real Alright everybody, welcome to episode 246 of the RJ Boom America podcast. I am your host, in the place to be, and sitting right, Jacob P, I forget to say my name sometimes, I am Jacob P, in the place to be, and sitting right across from me is not the brown recluse Mr. Art Trail. Art Trail is currently home with Aaron Rodgers, if you're watching uh, the YouTube video on this, uh, but Art, from a remote distance in the multiverse, go ahead and say what's up to the millions. And millions, what the hell is going on, everybody? Um, yeah, I'm at home. We're recording separately today. Uh, I still got I got the Rona, just so you guys know. That's why we're not in the same room. Um, but anyways, guys, go to kmancoffee.com. Check out their entire inventory. They got coffee beans. They got hibiscus tea. They got everything you will ever need. Anything under the sun, they got it. Uh, type in promo code AMERICA at checkout to receive 15% off. Um, it's almost Valentine's Day, so if you want to get your significant other something cool, use promo code AMERICA to receive that 15% off. And then Jacob's right. Yeah, I got this Aaron Rodgers back here. This is kind of my tribute. You know, one of our biggest listeners, one of our biggest fans, Alejandra, she's a big Packers fan. So I was messaging her during the game and just letting her know that my heart, my heart goes out to her and I'm, I'm deeply saddened by the Packers loss, so... <laughs> this is my tribute to Alejandra. So I hope she has a YouTube. Another reason why you guys should be on YouTube. Yeah, so you can check out uh, Art's really beautiful background. But speaking of sponsors and speaking of great and powerful listeners, guys, make sure you head on over to our other sponsor, guys. Go ahead and check out SukerApparel.com where the great and the powerful Nicole Smith Bosch has put together a fantastic array of merchandise that she designed with her own two hands. Uh, go to the store, fill up your bar- basket or your cart or whatever the hell it is. Uh, enter promo code Art and Jacob, and Nicole will give you ten percent off uh, your entire purchase. And if you want to see these uh, these items modeled by a, a very fantastic and handsome young uh, gorilla of a man, uh, go ahead and check out my homeboy uh, Jesus Fuentes at jfuent33. Uh, he is an official model of skrapparel.com. Uh, the, the GoFundMe link is in the show notes. Uh, we are trying to raise enough money to get his ass over to South Africa uh, to let that gorilla out in the wild, if you will. <laughs> so uh, go go ahead and check out our show notes over there. Uh, like I said, enter promo code R and Jacob. Nicole will give you ten percent off. Uh, we have another potential sponsor of um, uh, the podcast, uh, Miss Miss Mandy Osapenko uh, from the Podbelly Network uh, from the Piecast. Uh, she has her own Etsy shop um, at etsyshop.com slash um, 
slash shop slash monster bob decals uh so go on over there she another great and powerful young woman uh she creates uh decals that you can slap on your car you can put on your you know back of your computer your laptop or wherever you want to slap a, a fucking decal of a horror themed uh decal so head on over there uh enter promo code um let me look it up here art jacob usa and she will give you 10 percent off your entire purchase but guys we're not here to talk about the gorilla of a man, Jesus Fuentes, or Monster Bob decals. Art, what are we here to talk about today? So this case is one that um, I wouldn't say it's been in the works for a long time, but super interesting case. This is the uh, Kelly Hopkins Bill encounter, or I, some people call it the uh, Hopkins Bill Goblins. I say we call it the Hopkins Hopkinsville Goblins, <laughs> um, just because it's it's funnier. It's a funnier name. Yeah. But whatever you want to call it. Um have you heard of this case before we even like get into the topic? No, and that's the funny thing, is like everywhere that I would like do research on, it was like famous case, you know, and I've heard, you know, many famous UFO encounters. There's that famous one with the 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 husband and wife to get abducted, like you know, every yeah. fox. You know what's know. funny about that? I, I love that story. Because one of the coolest things about that story is that the husband and wife are an interracial couple. Mm-hmm. And like, shout out to them because that was like the 1950s and they could have like got hung for doing that shit. So, yeah, just saying props mm-hmm. to them <laughs> for being trailblazers of the yeah. 1950s. Uh, but yeah, basically, I had never heard of this case, but it was always being framed as like one of the most famous like UFO fucking cryptid cases of all time. And we've been doing this fucking podcast for damn near five years. And this is the first time I ever heard it brought up. Yeah. So, I mean, we were, we kind of had a little bit of discussion before, (laughs) before we uh, came up with this topic um, and felt like we were doing a lot of like murder mystery cases. And I was like, yeah, let's like not do a murder mystery case. I wanted to do a cryptid. Mm -hmm. And then I had pitched something else to you, but then I was like, that feels like way too political. Like if we're going to talk about here, like, you know, white people are the devil, right? And then we're just going to like, <laughs> yeah, white people are the devil. Um, um, but Eat the rich. I, yeah, I just, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to like have like, Jesus criticize us for like, for like being bad guys or whatever. But like, <laughs> um, white I, is right. Is, is he, is he on the white is right train right now? Or, Duh. Nah. The biggest coconut alive. Oh yeah, he is. Dude. <laughs> um, I love that guy, man. But uh, he did send me some shit about like how Tucker Tucker Carlson is like Tucker Carlson and Joe Rogan are the top two like most influential news broadcasters, and I was like, dude, you don't have to tell me, dude. I, I, Tucker Carlson's like number one fan is right here. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, um, just getting back to this case really quickly. Um, it's a case that like I feel fills in a lot of cool things. One, it's potentially a UFO. Mm-hmm. Two, potentially a cryptid. Three, potentially a case of like, you know, just mass hysteria or paranoia, which I I think we're both kind of fascinated by that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it introduces something that I do want to. I I kind of want to do this in a little bit of a, a multiverse. You know, like the way that the uh, the Marvel movies kind of introduce like different things uh, to lead to the infinity saga type thing. Yeah. Um, so I do think that this would be a good way to, to introduce uh, project blue book. Yeah. Um, so I think this is kind of a good way to like introduce Work up to that. that. Yeah. And then eventually down the line, we'll talk about project blue book as a whole, but I think that this is a good way to like, we see Thor's hammer <laughs> like at the <laughs> end of amazing. like Iron Man or whatever. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, do you want to start it? You want to you got anything? You want you want me to start it? Yeah, go ahead and start it, dude. Since you since you're the one that uh that got the uh, the ball rolling on this topic. I mean, like I was telling Art before we started recording, um everyone frames it as the most famous uh UFO slash cryptid slash, you know, whatever you want to call it, case. Uh and that one of the things in this story is they're like, "Oh, the family's uh, when they were investigated by police, uh, all of their stories matched up. And one like strikingly weird thing that I was telling Art, it was just like, you look up seven different sources for this topic and you'll get seven different um, 
<laughs> story. So that's why I was telling Art, like, that was kind of difficult for me this week is like, all right, what narrative do we we throw out there to the multiverse? So I'll let you start it since it's your topic. I'll let you control the narrative on that, baby. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so just laying the groundwork, the year, time and place is August 1955. So I just want to put you guys in that year. So very similar to a lot of other UFO stories. There's no internet. People don't have high-powered cameras to capture these images or whatever because it's the 1950s. They probably have those like big light bulb cameras or, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> The dust um, flies are still using cocaine and Coca-Cola. Yeah. Like all of a sudden people are still putting like dog urine on their face to get rid of wrinkles. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's just, Hey, that's what's involved. Uh, so um, um, taking you back to that time, not only are we in 1955, but we're also in Hopkinsville. Uh, I believe it's, uh, is it Kentucky? Kentucky? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're in Kentucky. So like the middle of the fucking nowhere, like nowhere we are in like, the most back alley, back alley, like stereotypical farmhouse. Like, and I think that's what also makes this case so intriguing is that it is in the middle of nowhere. It's what's the point of, of trying to drum up publicity for something like this. Um, so, all right. So now we know the time. Now we know the place. So let's meet the players. The number one guy, I called him Billy Bob, but his name is Billy Ray. Um, <laughs> So that's the main guy. He's, he's traveling in to, to visit his family. He came in that same day from Pennsylvania mm-hmm. to visit the rest of his family. Um, they are the, uh, what, what's the family's name? I already blanked out on the family's name. The Sutton um, family? The Sutton, sorry. Yeah. So the rest of the Sutton family, they're kind of having this like hoot nanny. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, the perfect word to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. So like they're, they're, uh, they're basically all just getting together for like barbecue and like, and I, I literally can visualize this like big fat white dude behind the grill, like making all this barbecue and like, uh, <laughs> like back when beer like had like sixteen herbs and spices inside of it as well. Like I'm sure they're <laughs> drinking. The, the the matriarch of the family claims there was no alcohol allowed yeah. in her house. She claims it. She says that there's no way that alcohol would have been allowed in her home. But these are like the fucking Dukes of Hazard boys. So I assume mm. that they must have smuggled in some like. And they were also moonshine. carnies as well. So let's let's get that out there as well. Billy Ray, as well as his boy, uh, uh, Lucky Sutton. Oh, uh, yeah. They, they Love were, the names. Yeah, they're, they're carnies. Elmer. Yeah, that was his like real name. But everybody called him Lucky. Uh, they were. It's, it's, we got to put it out there in the multiverse as well. Is that These motherfuckers were all carnies. So. You mean to tell me that, uh, you know, yeah, the matriarch of the family might say, like, there's no alcohol in this home. But, you know, you mean to tell me, like, oh, I'm going to go fetch a pail of water out, you know, by the whale. You mean to tell me, like, they don't, you know, secretly, like, have, like, you know, some uh, some Paps Blue Ribbon, like, you know, hiding behind, like, a tree or, like, you know, under some psilocybin mushrooms. They got, like, a little flask of, you know, little grandpa's old <laughs> cough medicine and shit. They probably went to go... uh they spoke to the local Mexican and bought some <laughs> marijuana. <laughs> um, I, I'm serious. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, that's what he went to go do when he went to go fetch the water. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, now we know the players. There's one other player. I think his name is JC. Uh, yeah, yeah JC Sutton. He's also in there. Um, so, basically, this big family hootenanny. They're all hanging out, um, just playing games and potentially drinking. Playing the fiddle, playing like, you know, the washboard shoes and all this shit. And then they're, they all go inside. Sounds like they're playing a game of cards inside the house, uh, kind of unwinding. And I will say this. So I do believe that there was no drinking when they went inside the house. I believe and that most, well. most of the family was inside the house at this point, because I think most most people's stories line up saying that there was no drinking. Everybody was cool inside the house. Um, and it wasn't until uh, Billy Ray went outside to go fetch water that he saw what looked like and this is like he basically saw the reading rainbow logo <laughs> flying through the sky as he described it it had every color of the rainbow flying through the sky and then all of a sudden it just stopped and dropped and he was like what the fuck was that um and now correct me if i'm wrong because this is the part that i i uh, i get i there's like a little i didn't get this correct but does he go back inside to tell people that he saw the star or whatever, the, the thing in the sky, or does he approach it at that point? Yeah, I, I, saw, I heard two different stories on it. The, the most consistent one that I saw was from the police report 
where like he immediately like runs back inside. Uh, he tells everybody like I saw the reading rainbow butterfly <laughs> out up in the sky. And it also kind of looked like the NBC, the more, you know, uh, shooting star thing with like a rainbow yeah. uh, also looked like the Skittles, uh, you know, taste the rainbow thing up in the fucking sky. Uh, but yeah, you were saying like, yeah, I saw something in the sky. It did exactly what Art said. And basically they all started laughing at him like, oh, you fucking carny. Like, get the hell out of here with your tall tales. Like, you're, you're trying to work us here. Don't don't kayfabe me. Hmm. Belly Ray, you're you're up to something, boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so now we're on the same page. That's what I thought too. That he went inside to tell him, like, "Hey, uh, I saw some shit in the sky." And then somebody does go out there with him. I believe that that is um, Elmer or Lucky. Elmer Lucky goes out there with him. So and Lucky brings his gun as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so Lucky goes out there with him. They they approach his stand like, oh, "Let's go see what this some bitch saw out here," and. Um, Damn, like my throat is killing me right now. I have to, I'm yeah. probably gonna have to get a Gatorade here in a second, but um, not a sore throat, but just talking this much is the most I've talked in days. Mm-hmm. Um, but, anyways, he goes over there, he's walking towards towards the woods when all of a sudden they see this humanoidish, like I believe it was about three to four feet tall, mm-hmm. um, creature. And I'm sure Jacob will post this on the Instagram or something, but the way that the creature is described is very interesting because the creature itself, I, I think it looks like a Pokemon. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a really interesting looking creature. And I, and I will say that this is kind of ahead of its time in the sense that it, it has long arms, little legs, big eyes, very traditional gray alien mm-hmm. looking like a midget got, gray alien though. Yeah. And it says that it has long arms with claws, which is kind of unique. Like I've never heard a gray alien be described that way. Um, it does basically look like a gremlin or a Pokemon. Like there's actually, a poke- there's actually a Pokemon later on that would be based upon like this uh, creature, the alleged creature called Sableye as well. And it kind of looks like this motherfucker too. Uh, is it the one that has diamonds in the eyes? Um, I didn't see no I, diamonds. Okay. I just, I looked up a picture of it and I saw one in here that looked like a, a I'm sure this looks like a Pokemon, but anyways, yeah, the, the creature itself is super interesting. I would actually say it looks kind of like a chupacabra. Yep. <laughs> uh, and um, I, which I also think is kind of fascinating. But um, yeah, I mean, the the creature itself, the way it's described, very iconic in its in its drawing in, in the drawings that you see out there. Um, and I think that's one of the things that makes it so fascinating that this wasn't, you know, they didn't see something that was dog shaped. They didn't see that something that was like a mud man or something like that. Um, it was definitely not a person, but definitely had those humanoid features. Um, so I think it was, uh, not Billy Ray, but, um, I keep forgetting that guy's name. Um, Oh, lucky, lucky. I believe lucky starts shooting at it mm-hmm. and he just fucking starts unloading on, on this creature. And he claims that the creature put its hands up in surrender. Yeah. Saying like basically it had surrendered. So of course he kept shooting at it. <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was funny get off like, my property you fucking varmint you you better not be that mexican that sold me that peyote um <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so like yeah he's still unloading on this fucking creature and like does not stop they run inside because they're telling everyone now like oh no he ain't lying there's a fucking there's a fucking three feet tall mexican out there <laughs> it's the widest looking mexican <laughs> And it don't look like my boy Jesus, the guy that sold me peyote. <laughs> he was at home watching UFC, boy. I know it ain't him. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, um, it was pretty, pretty intense. At this point, I believe the whole family goes out there with like they're all locked and loaded because they're you know they're in the middle of Kentucky rednecks kind of. Yeah, yeah, Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> yeah, they all have like their Confederate flag on the dash of their cars. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they this okay. So I don't know if you want to take over the story here because do they go on in a full battle with with the alien outside at this point? 
so from what I can gather is it's like when he goes back into the house to tell him about this, all of a sudden they hear the dog bark, um, like some bloodhound bark, like, you know, incessantly like, oh, shit, like what's out there? And then that's what leads them to go back outside. You know, obviously, like what Art said, you know, they start shooting and when they shoot the, at the alien, like what they describe is like the like. The, like the most fantastical thing like I've ever heard. They shoot it like he says, like, yeah, man, I got him right between the eyes, boy, because I'm a fucking marksman, man. Fucking the military should have hired me to kill JFK at this or hire me in the future to kill JFK because I'm a fucking I'm a magic bullet shooting motherfucker, motherfucker. Um, but like he describes, he shoots him right between the eye. Uh, but instead of like, you know, dropping out of the air, you know, the alien does like like a backflip, like fucking Dominique Motioniano, like in the 96 fucking Atlanta Olympic Games and fucking uh, disappears and, you know, in a cloud of fucking, you know, rainbow smoke or some shit. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, kind of silently like drifts away and, um, you know, they run back in the house. They tell old grandma like, oh, my God, he's not fucking lying. There, there's some fucking creature out there. And so, you know, they start, you know, um, you know, locking the house up. Uh, the dog like runs under the bed, you know, and starts shaking, obviously, because, you know, old Billy or Billy Ray and fucking Lucky Sutton are fucking shooting off rifles and shit. And um, they put all the kids down. They're like, oh. it, it kind of reminds me of like signs. You were just like, protect the children, get the women, you know, in the back. Yeah, or that's like that's really accurate. Yeah. And um, so Billy Ray and Elmer or Lucky Sutton, uh, they, you know, are like, you know, surveying the house. And they could they describe that like they would hear like scratching on top of the roof. So, you know, anybody that's like been inside like of a, you know, uh, an older house, like where the roof is kind of tin, like you can hear like, you know, like if there's like a rat or a pigeon or something on there, like with claws, like you can hear like the scratching, you know, from them, you know, it walking like on on top of the tin roof. They walk out onto the porch and I believe it's um, it's Billy Ray. He feels like something like like a claw or something fiddle with his hair. And they said that's when they start like, you know, shooting like Rambo style, you know, at these um, these creatures and what they describe as like in a full on attack by like 13 or 14 of these goblins slash aliens slash, you know, reading rainbow fucking uh-huh. <laughs> butterflies in the sky and shit. And uh, from there, like they say that they just, you know, do this all out, all out assault um, you know, Grandma Ma Sutton, like she's sitting there. She's like, oh, my God, it looked like a five gallon tank of gas, you know, with, you know, big uh, yellow beady eyes just staring right into my soul, trying to convert me to Satanism, uh, trying to, you know, suck all the Christianity out of me. It looked like a 10 pound bag of shit. Or it, <laughs> it, it, it looked like it looked like a. I'm trying to think of that stupid metaphor. It's like I look. It looked like a five, five. It looked like ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag. Yeah, that's that's exactly that's the it. one. Why can't I think about it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's what she, I was trying to say. There you go, boy. Um, but um, she said that yeah, it looked like a tin can because they look like metal and shiny, and like every time like Lucky or uh, Elmer, Lucky or uh, Billy Ray would shoot one of them. It would make like those clink sounds like, you know, like when you when you hit like a tin can like out in the distance or, you know, yeah. you shoot like, you know, T-1000 or a Terminator or something like that. So like we've all this, done. This is pretty interesting because some of these descriptions are, are. Are are very noteworthy. That's one of them. They also bring up that the that in the moonlight, their their skin looked like like glowing almost like every time that the, the light would hit their their skin. I thought that was also very interesting that it they didn't describe it the way somebody would describe like a, an owl or some like little um, deer or something that they would that, that they would encounter. Yeah. And then from there, I guess, like the family, like once like all the, you know, creatures dissipated, all the 14 or 15 or whatever that were coming out of dissipated, I guess, like they ran to the local uh, police station, which was in uh, Hopkinsville. Uh, the family were this, the, the little town that they were in was like this little unincorporated, you know, place called Kelly. Uh, and they ran to the actual proper town town, like where there's like, you know, grocery store and like a fucking <laughs> or a general store. It would be yeah. and like the church and stuff like where actual like amenities are located, like with running water and shit. Uh, they, you know, ran to the Hopkinsville police station and uh, the police there that was 
that, um, you know, took them in and took their statements, uh, said that these didn't look like the type of people that would just go to the cops for anything. You know, they look like, you know, boonstick, you know, rednecks that, you know, you know, believed like in, um, you know, their own justice, if you will, you know, like if they had an intruder on their property, mm-hmm. you know, they would shoot first, ask questions later. Did that black boy just look at that white girl? Yep, exactly. <laughs> They're not the type of people that, you know, would um, um, at this time say blue lives matter necessarily. So, um, they, you know, he had that to say. And then uh, one of the police officers, I guess, who had like World War II, like medic training, said that like he could visibly see that um, that Billy Ray was like shooken up and he was actually counting like the pulse on the vein on his neck. And he said that he had a pulse of 142 beats per minute which I thought was like super fucking interesting as well. Like, we're just like, Oh, okay. Like they're, you know, they're obviously scared at this point or on some kind of amphetamine or whatever. But they said that like, no, they did not look, you know, alcohol intoxicated at all, but they all, when they took them, you know, into their separate rooms and interviewed them, they all kind of came up with the same exact story. There was like almost no variant at all whatsoever. Yeah. And I think that that's pretty interesting. Obviously, the um if they're intoxicated or not kind of plays a part um like you would in, in most cases where somebody sees something mm-hmm. um i think the police do go check it out and the, the police don't find anything i don't know did you already say this that the police find nothing they just find the shell casings yeah they only found uh, like a handful of uh like shotgun shells if you will like a, they, they say a handful i mean later on you know, the, in the newspapers and, you know, and then the mainstream media, uh, the liberal would, Jewish media, <laughs> they would say, Jesus calls it. Yeah. They would say, they said that there was like thousands of like fucking shotgun shells. But like, when you look at the actual police report, it was like a handful. So like what, there's like 12 shots, like in a shotgun and you know, there's whatever pistol, like homeboy, I think he had like a 22 or whatever. There was like, like a six shooter bullet or whatever. So there's only like maybe at most, 18 bullet shells like out in the lawn that they said they found, but they found, you know, no footprints, uh, no, uh, you know, feathers or, you know, anything else, no signs of a struggle, no blood or anything. But what they did see off in the distance was like a glow, uh, that was, you know, off in the distance by the fence. And they said that like, they, you know, they didn't want to investigate it because they didn't know, you know, what the fuck that was. So they just kind of like, you know, pass it off as like you know what we'll, we'll look at it you know further in the morning you know you know they got other shit i guess they got to handle you know there's there's this there's this mexican running loose in Hopkinsville selling bad peyote so you know they got to you know mm-hmm. spend the resources on that but it didn't really give a reason why they didn't um investigate like the green glow uh out in the distance um but they, eventually you know they just you know put in the report that you know they they noticed this green glow out in the distance and then, like, everybody just kind of went home until the next day. Yeah, pretty fishy stuff. Um, after the police take off, don't they also hear more noises on the roof? Mm-hmm. Oh, so, and then the, the mop. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, after the police go back and whatnot, uh, I guess, like, everything kind of calmed down for a little bit until, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, which is the demon hour. Um, I guess uh, they started hearing more scratching again. And uh, this is where, like, you know, uh, Billy Ray and Lucky, you know, they start shooting, like, you know, through the walls and uh, through the, I guess, like, in the front door. They just, like, they, instead of closing the door, you know, after an alien attack, they just had, like, the screen door (laughs) as their only, like, barrier from this shit. And I guess, like, uh, Lucky, like, he, like, did, like, the whole fucking, you know, uh, uh, Roddy Piper thing, like, in uh, They Live kind of thing and just, like, shot his shotgun off, like, in the, like, the, the middle of the, the screen door uh, to, to kill one of these uh, fucking aliens. Uh, but, yeah, I guess, like, they had, like, a second battle with them uh, shoot out. And then eventually, you know, the family, they're just like, you know what? Fuck this. And, like, just jump in their fucking Dukes of Hazzard, um, uh, you know, uh, Confederate flag car and, like, hightail it out of town until the next day. So that's essentially the events, unless I'm missing anything else. No, that's pretty much it. And then I guess, too, like the next day, I guess the family does come back. And then, you know, the police come, I guess, four police officers, five state troopers, three deputy sheriffs, and four military police officers. And it's very important that we note that they're military police officers with the U.S. Army from Fort Campbell, 
which was just like right around the corner. Uh, a lot of people in the mainstream media at this time described him as people from the Air Force, but the Air Force had nothing to do with this at all. And, and that was just something that was added later, you know, to make it seem like more of a, like a government conspiracy. Uh, but yeah, yeah, they came out. Uh, the green glow that they saw the night before was no longer there. There was nothing glowing or anything like that. Uh, but basically all they noted was just like, oh, there's a couple fucking, you know, uh, you know, bullet holes like in the walls and in this screen. And oh, even more, uh, you know, shotgun shells and a couple of beer cans, like maybe like uh-huh. one or two, like uh, sprinkled throughout the property, if you will. Dude, that's when beer cans used to be be made out of real metal. Mm-hmm. Tin you can't recycle that shit. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I mean, do you at this point, you know, you know the story. Have do you have any? Any theories on what you think it could be? Um, well, obviously, you know, the first thing you got to throw out there is that it could be a hoax. Yeah. Uh, they were carnies. Half of the family members, they worked in carnivals and whatever, right? Uh, and if you know anything, and it's not to be stereotypical, but carnies will tell tall tales because that's literally their job. Like wrestling culture and carny culture was basically the same thing. You know, I threw in a couple of, you know, uh, wrestling terms, which is actually carny terms, like a work, which just means like, hey, we were telling you a tall tale. We're telling you a fake story, uh, kayfabe, like where you got to sell the story kind of thing. Like this is all fake, but we're living like in a, in a world that, you know, we're, we're trying to sell you to, you know, profiteer off of you and whatnot, right? Uh, we're trying to play off your emotions. So you got to throw that out there. Like the, we, the, the culture of the carnies is not the most honest culture if you will but that's the the most prominent thing is is you got to look at like oh maybe it was just a hoax uh but the thing that kind of throws it off a little bit you usually like when there's a situation like that or a tall tale or story like that and you know the police are involved and they're interviewing a family of 12 uh, i believe there's like three or four children i believe like from ages like three to like 11 at this time. Uh, there's obviously an elderly uh, a lady in the house, like all, all sorts of different generations, all sorts of different people in this home, all tell the exact same story. Uh, the police noted that none of them were looked intoxicated and they looked visibly shooken up. Like the police, like when they were interviewing like the grandmother, like they were like, oh dude, like you could tell there was like no lying in her eyes. Like, you know, they, I'm sure they've seen like their fair share of like tall tales and exaggerations of that black man was looking at me and he had a demon in his eye and he was going to rape me kind of bullshit like that. Some, you know, we're talking about yeah. you know, backwoods, Kentucky kind of thing. So I'm sure that they know like pretty much like when someone's lying or not, but they said like, no, there was no lying in their eyes, which leads into the polar opposite of this is that, okay, this was a real alien attack. You know, um, uh, Billy Ray said that, you know, he saw a UFO in the sky, uh, which when you get into it, you know, there was people who kind of corroborated this, you know, third parties that corroborated this, that said like, oh yeah, we definitely saw something in the sky as well. So it wasn't just Billy Ray that saw stuff in the sky. Uh, and then obviously too, you can just, you know, land on, you know, Occam's razor and just say like, yeah, it, it was aliens. It couldn't have been any other explanation. It could be aliens. And I know there's a couple more theories, but I'll let you get into that as well. So, I mean, the most popular one, I think, is the uh, the great Hornell theory. Um, so if you guys want to take a, take a chance here, take a second to go Google the great Hornell. Um, it's a pretty big fucking bird. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a pretty big intimidating bird. It has these big yellow eyes. It has these feathers that flap out into like little horns. Um, and it is, it is kind of creepy. And I was thinking like, if you saw that at night and I don't know if you've ever seen an owl, but owls do tend to walk as well, like mm-hmm. on, on land. Um, so if you saw one of those things coming at you, you know, it's probably about two feet tall. The, the, maybe about a foot and a half, the gray horn owl. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a little bit of a stretch for them to be like, yeah, it's about three to four feet tall. I mean, that's still, that's, that's a little bit of a stretch, but they could have been, you know, stretching the truth. They're just yeah. not afraid to say that they're like afraid of an owl. Uh, so if he, if you see something, in, even in the dark, I'm not even saying drunk, I'm just saying 
you see this creature in the dark and, and it's an owl. Um, I could see how it would scare the shit out of someone and they could misinterpret that. But there's so many other factors. You know, we talked about the, the metal glow to the skin and the fact that they were shooting this thing. The police didn't find any feathers. Um, it's, it's an interesting theory, uh, but it's and, and, and a very believable theory. Um, but I don't, I don't really buy into the owl theory. And then too, like it's it's important to note too that like Lucky and uh, Billy Ray, they were talking about how like it floated silently. Yeah. Uh, one thing in support of like the owl theory is like if it, if you've seen like those videos of like that, um, you know, people recording like uh, the sound that birds make when they fly. I think they show like a like a hawk and a falcon, like a hummingbird, and all those things. And like on a microphone, on a really sensitive microphone, they're they're able to pick up sounds. However, like when they let an owl loose, you don't hear jack shit. You might get like one little, you know, spike in the the, the audio, but nothing at all. It's like almost like just dead silent. And they're fucking, you know, flying through the sky, you know, to pick up like a field mouse or whatever. Um, so that could account for that as well. You mentioned that, you know, owls do uh, they they can walk. Uh, Lucky and Billy Ray also said that, you know, when they were on the ground, the goblins or aliens or whatever, it seemed like they were walking underwater kind of thing. And then when you when you watch an owl, when it is walking, it does look like it's like, you know, uh, you know, uh, Neil Armstrong, like on on the moon or whatever, kind of doing like the whole moon bounce kind of thing or walking underwater kind of thing, because, you know, that's not the the natural gait of this animal is to be walking. But, you know, it kind of does look like that. Uh, you mentioned that it did have uh, a metal metallic gleam to it, you know, when, you know, in the moonlight, uh, one thing that I thought of was just like, Oh shit. Like maybe this was like a, an owl or a, a couple of owls that, you know, were malting or like had some kind of skin disease where like their, you know, their feathers were falling out kind of thing. Like were the body of the owl and then you Google it and you see like an owl that's, you know, missing feathers or whatever. It has like this like weird, like, skin that um it, it's it's like a little shiny and then too like their feathers as well they kind of have like a little bit of a gleam to them as well like a little like i, I don't know what it is kind of like a anti you know like a like a like a duck like how like they have like shiny feathers to 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 get the water to um you know you know dissipate off of them or whatever like you know, like somebody sprayed them with a rain rain x or some shit so they do have that and I was like, maybe that could be an explanation for it, as well as uh, owls, I guess, during this time of year, during August, you know, they they have nests with uh, baby birds that are ready or baby owlets that are getting ready to leave the nest and become super aggressive and protecting those nests. So maybe it was a situation where instead of instead of 15 to 12 owls, maybe it was just a, a couple of, you know, really aggressive um you know, parent owls that were protecting their nests. They also had like some kind of skin disease or whatever, or were malting and were missing some feathers and they look scary as fuck. I do know, um, at my old apartment, you can attest to this. My old apartment, like had like a bunch of trees and it kind of looked all foresty and shit. We did have a couple of owls that lived, um, in the trees in there. And I remember somebody, um, some asshole kid, uh, shot one with a BB gun. And it like, I guess, clipped its wing a little bit. And it was like on the ground going out of the apartment. And I remember walking out of my apartment, going to my car, and there was this humongous ass fucking owl. And again, it could have been like two or three feet, you know, proper. But that whole like sudden like jolt of like, oh shit, there's like this fucking demon, this demon goblin thing, like just looking at me. And it did that whole thing where it had like its wings up or whatever. Right. And I guess great horn owls when they feel threatened, they do do this whole thing like this, like where it's like, you know, Shaq after he dunks a basketball, it does that weird thing or whatever, but it was doing this for like 30 minutes until animal control uh, came out and it was doing that whole bouncy thing too. So like, I definitely live in the world where it could have been a couple of great horned owls that were protecting their nest. Yeah. I, I think you don't even have to do the, you know, missing feathers thing. I, I mean, it's possible I think if it's missing feathers, I think it's less likely just because if it's missing feathers, just from what I know about birds, if it's missing too many feathers, it's so hard to fly. It probably would be struggling to fly. Um, uh, I mean, it could be, it could be a great horn owl. 
my my whole thing about the great horned owl is they didn't find any feathers. Uh, whenever birds are are in defensive mode, they will they will attack. And like if their kids are you know if they have a nest nearby and they're thinking they're protecting their kids, they will attack. And like you will see feathers, and you will even if they're attacking a person, unless the person just is like oh, I don't care, I'm not going to fight back. <laughs> um, but like if they're shooting guns at it, I'd be surprised. But then it's like how detailed of a of a search that the police actually do that they go on the roof that mm-hmm. they check for feathers on the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we don't know that. We don't know how detailed they were. They don't. I don't even know. We don't know what the police were looking for. Mm-hmm. I don't think the police knew what they were looking for uh, when they were doing this search. So it is a uh, it is up for debate. You know what they found, what they saw. I mean, they obviously didn't. They say that they didn't find any feathers there, but. It's like, were you looking everywhere? Were you were you looking for feathers? Were I mean, what were you looking for? Footprints? You didn't see any footprints. You didn't see anything. Like, I don't know. I, I think that that was kind of debatable. On like, and it was like in the middle of the night as well, too. Like when they went to the police station, it was like eleven p.m. You know, when they went, and I'm assuming probably it was like twelve thirty a.m. by the time you know the police got out there and whatnot. And like, how? And we're talking about like 1955. Like you don't got fucking Burger King, fucking you know. Uh, street sign you know blazing in the night sky to you know create all sorts of fucking um you know uh light pollution or whatever it's probably pitch black it's in the middle of fucking kelly uh you know kentucky where it's just like there's no light at all so it's probably pitch black out there uh that green goo that we brought up um in the background uh that kind of tripped me up for a while until i started looking up you know another explanation for that and uh it's it's a it's a type of moss slash uh you know, mushroom called uh, foxfire, which does have like a bioluminescence uh, glow to it. And if the conditions are right, it looks like, you know, it's like, you know, glowing, you know, fucking ectoplasm or some shit right there. And you can, you can Google that, you can YouTube it or whatever. It is a freaky ass phenomenon, but apparently that's where they do, you know, use some of its properties to put your Halloween glow sticks, you know, and whatnot. So it is, it is something that comes from this earth. And it, you know, if you're talking about in the middle of pitch black night uh, in Kentucky, a very green state, you know, full of fucking, you know, lush, you know, mushrooms, I'm sure um, you would have that out in the distance like that fucking foxfire. So I do think that that this is and not to be all like I'm a believer, but that's already like way too many like this needs to happen and then this needs to happen and then this <laughs> needs to happen. And then, like, as long as we can find, like, a ball-headed midget that was just randomly walking by, hey, it could be a ball-headed midget. Like, <laughs> um, like that's already too many things. That's, like, you know, when we talk about conspiracies and, yeah. like, that thing that tingles, like, like if you had to explain to, like, if your, your girlfriend, like, explained, like, hey, why are these, like, underwear here? These aren't mine. And then, like, she has to go into, like, this super complex detailed story of, like, how, like, these random pair of underwear it's already like that's already way too many things that we're having to account for yeah like like that's how i feel about whenever like conspiracy theories are like having to be debunked or like this happened and then well what if it's like a fucking mouse that like mutated and it's like (laughs) yeah that's possible but like like that's already way too many things that are like having to be explained i think to me personally um the the most obvious explanation i think it's just paranoia i think that mm-hmm. i i hinted at it the fact that this this kid we don't you know he came in from pennsylvania to visit his family we don't know if he encountered if he was smoking marijuana or like smoking other things i mean they're in the middle of nowhere i and i do think paranoia and fear go a long way i think whenever things are dark you can't see every little thing like maybe there was an owl up there and that's the scratchy that they were hearing maybe somebody did see an owl but that's not what initially that they saw everything. I think, you know, you plant the seed of fear and it can grow, you know, it kind of reminds me of like, um, uh, Cedric, the entertainer, like in that movie, the Kings of comedy, where he's talking about, like, if, you know, you see somebody running or whatever, we all running or whatever. We don't know what we're running from. It's just like, you know, we're all running kind of thing. And Cedric says it's a lot more hilarious, but I was like, Oh, I can totally see that being like what you described. Like just like that mass hysteria, that infectious hysteria, and we're talking about like the middle of the 1950s in the if we put the the latest technology out there it's still like pretty fucking primitive but we're talking about the middle of buttfuck nowhere Kentucky 
And I'm pretty sure they're still living like in 18, you know, 45, like where slavery still like, a, like, you know, looked good upon or whatever. Right. Yeah. So they're probably like a couple of centuries behind or whatever. So like they, they, there's no TV, there's no radio. Uh, also aliens, like UFO sightings or whatever, like that's the hottest thing at that time. And I think uh, one podcast was talking about how like the only um, outside interaction that the family had besides, you know, the carnies, the two carnies that were in the family was the church that they were in. And the church, I guess the Sunday before was talking about like the end times and that all these alien sightings is, uh, is the, is the beast is, is, is coming, you know, and the, you know, the end times are near and whatnot. And so the family already kind of had like that planted seed of like fear. And then the, what was seen in the night sky, I mentioned earlier that, you know, many people noticed that there was something in the sky and I guess there's like a yearly, um, the conditions are right. Like this is not me trying to, you know, be the, the, you know, conspiracy debunker, but this is like something that every August in that part of Tennessee or Kentucky, you can see like a meteor shower, you know, every August, like, it's just like, you can see that. And one of the state troopers was like, Oh yeah, yeah. I did see like a meteor, you know, come out of the sky and it had like a little tail on it that, you know, you could probably see, you know, multiple colors on if you will and uh, so that's probably what we saw there uh we met we joked about it earlier where it's just like yeah the grandma she probably had that rule in her house that there's no drinking but we've all been to a dinner or a thanksgiving meal where it's just like we're gonna go on a walk and we're gonna go get well from uh <laughs> you know water from the well if you will and if you're watching the YouTube, I'm doing like the, you know, the smoking a joint sign or whatever. Or, you know, you go, you know, and you, you got that cool uncle and he's got that flask under his jacket. And he's like, take some of this whiskey, boy, put some hair on your chest. Um, you got that. That could be a possibility. Uh, one podcast I was listening said that like, hey, maybe they had like, you know, like some moonshine that was, you know, hidden out in the woods. And like, that was the excuse to get like a drink from the flask was just like, Oh, I'm going to get some water from the well. Like that was the code word, if you will. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe the moonshine that they were making, like whatever bullshit they were putting in it, you know, maybe like there was some mushrooms that were growing, you know, around there, some psilocybin mushrooms, some magic mushrooms, if you will. Uh, these were people that very much lived off the land. Like this was a farmhouse uh and maybe you know the the fucking salad that they ate that day the mushrooms that they put in their salad maybe that like gave them the you know the, the a mushroom trip a magic mushroom trip and that's why they have like this they all kind of had like this fantastical uh experience about fucking aliens doing backflips when they shot them and shit and then turned into like pixie dust and one thing that i was thinking i was like well if you all you know ate magic mushrooms you wouldn't have the exact same trip but I guess like everybody, you know, other sources like I was researching, they were like, no, that does happen. Like you guys can see like the exact same thing where like you can see a fucking five gallon uh, can of gasoline in the corner and it can turn into a fucking magical alien and everybody will see it kind of thing. Like people that do like DMT and uh, fucking ayahuasca, like they all describe can describe the same thing that they're seeing. Yeah, I, I, I feel you. I feel like that's already like you're you're. I don't want to say you're reaching, but I feel like the, the answer is like way more like, like way, way more like maybe this, that. Yeah, I get that. But mm. more than likely, these people maybe had like a little bit of a buzz. Maybe they were drunk and that's it. Like, you don't even have to be that fucked up to scare someone. Like, yeah. people get scared of the dumbest shit. Like, I've seen people that are like, oh, man, I saw this and that. And then like, dude, they swear up and down and it, it was nothing. It was a fucking bag they got stuck on a tree branch and it's like <laughs> and, and every time i hear cases like this that's what i always think like this motherfucker just like maybe was drunk maybe was high and like you don't even have to be that fucked up to like start like being afraid like it's human nature to be afraid all these motherfuckers every person i've ever met in my entire life has been afraid at one point of some totally illogical thing mm. and like and these people are no exception. They're they're in the dark. Like they're afraid of the unknown. I think most people are afraid of the unknown. That's and true. I, I think that that's what's going on here. I think he probably saw something, probably was startled, and like didn't really get a good look. Ran inside, and maybe it was an owl. Um, and then I think that just like being like fucking drunk hillbillies 
in the middle of nowhere, they want to, you know, shoot at something. And then now there's like the fear of somebody running in like to your house and saying like, there's somebody in the backyard. Like, like, you know, if your girlfriend ran in right now and said, Jacob, stop the podcast where there's somebody in the backyard. I saw him and he's, he's one and a half foot tall and he's green and he has a little Disney hat on and he's just running around (laughs) and he's just like, he's back there. I swear, get the gun. And you go out there and you don't see anything, but she described it so well. And you're just like, I think I saw it at the corner of my eye. And then you, you hear a branch moving. You're like, Oh, there it is. I saw it. I saw it. And then you just shoot. Like, I think that there is a little bit like whenever your, your adrenaline is going and you're in that heightened state of like fear and panic, Mm-hmm. I do think that the human brain will fill in the gaps for you just I to totally. get you through these, just to get you through these like moments of like irrational. You got to survive this. Fight Everything is your enemy. Yeah, exactly. Everything is your enemy. You got to survive every branch that breaks, every like little noise that you hear. And um, I think that I honestly think that that's what it is. I'm not trying to explain it with like magic mushrooms and this glowing uh, ayahuasca fire <laughs> drug or whatever, like, like I just think it's the human brain was like, these people were afraid. And that's what I think happened. Mm -hmm. I do think that, you know, down the line, interesting things happen. Obviously this is one of the cases that gets documented in the project blue book, Mm -hmm. um, which I wanted to introduce that is like the Thor hammer of that. It's one of the, one of the most documented cases. I think even the ufologists that study this, most people think that it was just a gray horned owl. I think it was probably a great horned out, but I think that the fear and the panic was the thing that drove these people to like that over the edge and over the top. Like, let's just shoot at everything. Every like little fucking mouse that we hear. Yeah. And then, I mean, we're not dealing with like scientists out in the middle of nowhere. We're like, yeah, this isn't Joe Rogan out there, guys. This is, these are just dumb people. Yeah. (laughs) And I was trying to be a little bit more sensitive to that, but yeah, like we're talking about like, you know, people who live out in the sticks kind of thing like that. Uh, high intelligence isn't a word that I would uh, associate with, <laughs> with, with what it seems. Cause like you, you do get uh, some pictures of them and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. They don't look like the brightest bulbs in the batch. And I know um, the children um, of lucky, uh, they went on to, you know, kind of like retell the tale and whatnot. And they, they would, like, add to it and say, like, oh, you know, my father, he didn't really want to talk about it because it scared him so bad. And then, you know, Billy Ray had a hard time, you know, keeping a job down after this because he was so scared, which, I mean, I don't doubt. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, they, they had some fear there. But I'm pretty sure that like, they also had some doubt, too. Like, man, that was so stupid us for us to act like that. And that's probably why they didn't want to retell the tale. Um some newspapers and you know mainstream media outlets you know they picked up on this case because again it's in the mid 50s uh it's right after world war ii where we dropped you know the atomic bomb and you know a lot of ufologists say like oh maybe we alerted you know some places out in the cosmos that of our existence and that's why we had like a lot of alien sightings in the 50s that was a very we were at peak interest at that time in the mid 50s about all this stuff and um you know a lot of people were just talking about how like you know, like that fear, like intrinsic fear was just like there, like anything in the sky. Oh, there's an alien kind of thing. Um, they were talking to, like they they the children um, of Elmer Sutton, like they they've written books. Uh, they've added on to it as well as like what I was talking about with like people in the mainstream media, um, New York Times, like where you get like the first instance of uh, this event talking about little green men. That was like one of the first instances of it being documented in the news. Um, and then you get like a like what I was talking earlier where like, you know, the police documented that they only found like a handful of bullet shells. But then you get like that fantastical, you know, add on where there was like thousands of shells. And then like that made a bunch of uh, tourists come out to Kelly and, you know, look at the farmhouse. Um, some stories say that the family moved immediately from that house, but Apparently, like the family turned it like into like a mini like tourist attraction where like, you know, for five dollars, you can take a look at the fence with like the Foxfire on it and shit Um, all the way up until like 2017, where like there was supposed to be like a a solar eclipse on the exact same day that this took place in August, uh, August 21st of uh, 2017, where like they had like this yearly festival now 
called the Little Green Men Festival, like where they, you know, build like these like rinky Oh man. That sounds like a festival that like shitty like indie bands play at. Yeah. <laughs> and like Dinosaur Jr. is the headliner. It's like, oh, here we go. Dinosaur Jr. again. Little Green Men Festival Beer Festival. We're we gonna make white people tacos. We got yeah, it's like, oh but how much mayo do you want in your taco? <laughs> uh, so we we got built to spill and actually i say these i don't know why i'm doing the redneck voice in my head this feels like it's like some some festival that would happen in like portland oregon where like built to spill and like dinosaur junior are the headliners and it's like some fucking, random dude like on a fucking unicycle like you know <laughs> oh yeah yeah everybody's drinking craft beer and has beards and like they're all in between jobs or baristas and it's like <laughs> Oh my god, dude! I'm a social media manager and shit. And I was like, they all like have to like outdo themselves on like who's more liberal. Like, I support black. I have like three black friends, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I dated a black girl, man. <laughs> so I'm not racist. <laughs> I- I'm pro Black Lives Matter. <laughs> you saw the black square on my Instagram. I turned my my Instagram black for like a day, dude. Uh, an entire 24 hours, just. To stand my ground and say, I I will let you talk. <laughs> and then after that, I posted something, some meme about a, a wizard holding an orb. <laughs> oh, man. But with that said, Art, do you have anything else, bro? Um, no, you know, I think that um, I would like to. So right now, live on this, I would like to pitch an idea. And I hope that the listeners are in favor of this. Okay. Uh, and I'm not saying that we should do this, you know, consecutive week after week after week, but I do think that um, leading up to Halloween, I think that we should cover UFO cases that are also covered in the in the uh, Blue Book. Project I was going to say I, I was going to say the Kelly Blue Book. <laughs> <laughs> in the Project Blue Book, this Chevy uh, Corsica is worth four hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> because an alien left some fucking snail trail across the hood. <laughs> So um, I do think that leading up to that, I think I just want to cover more of these cases that all lead up to, to covering Project Blue Book down the line. I just I like wanted that. to to uh, pitch that to you right now, live on air, but no pressure, <laughs> no pressure agreeing to that. Yeah, ten months from now, <laughs> let's let's go ahead and cover it. We got time, and if it sucks, we'll just be like, oh yeah, we're just gonna cover fucking the Boston Strangler again. Or <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, that's all I really have. I know Project Blue Book, you said that they did um, document this, and they have it officially down in the files of Project Blue Books as a hoax. Yeah. So um, there's that, I guess. But yeah, I agree with you. I do think that it was, it was a case of mass hysteria with some foxfire and a pretty little comet butterfly in the sky. Yeah, I don't think a lot's going on here. Um I want but it to be. I wanted it to be. I'm not. I don't want to be that guy where it's like I got to debunk everything kind of thing. Because I lived in both worlds, and the realistic world just seemed a little bit more uh, accurate than the fantastical alien world. Yeah. No. I I agree with you. I think that um, it's 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 still uh, it's still fascinating to me because I do think that um, alien encounters are just fascinating to me. I think that the fact that the human brain goes to those things is interesting to me the connection between owls and aliens is always there's always been like this very like mystic connection between the two things Mm -hmm. um people often report seeing owls whenever they they encounter alien abductions which is that one movie um the fourth kind that kind of whores out that idea and like they like ride that they do they ride that idea to the ground but um more than more than other ufo movies but um but it is an interesting it is an interesting concept and I, I, I think it's one worth exploring maybe down the line. But I just just introduction to a Project Blue Book and the fact that that's out there. Um, I would like to cover some more cases along the way. And I will give this case its credit, even though, like, I guess we solved the case art. Yeah. Um, it, its legacy is pretty big. Uh, Steven Spielberg used this as an influence for E.T., uh, th- uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, I believe is the title of the movie. Don't quote me on that. Uh, so Steven Spielberg, you know, took from this story. 
as well as the you know movie Critters and Gremlins as well, kind of uh, loosely based their movies upon this story as well. So I mean, dude, hey. Critters is really good. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's been it's been like at least like twenty years since I seen it last, but yeah, I couldn't tell you yes or no on that. But yeah, the Hollywood the Hollywood liberals uh, they love this story, bro. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, but that's all I got. That's all I got. So uh, with that said. Um, if you want to talk about this case in more detail, if you want to challenge us on some of our theories or add some more theories to it, go ahead and check us out on all the social medias at Art and Jacob Do America, except for Twitter. We are at Art and Jacob Do A1. I guess I can change it and make it Art and Jacob Do America, but why? It's funny to fucking always put the A1 thing. And I guess Jesus and uh, Jordan, like that's their favorite thing to do is make that the only thing that they can really make fun of us about is that oh, our Twitter handle's got an A1 at the one at the. At the end of it, and, uh, we're so smart because we got the words our hard podcast and all the social media's white power. Um, anyways, um, <laughs> uh, check them out as well. Um, they're a, a lovely bunch over there at the words our hard podcast. But um, check us out on all the social medias at Art Jacob Do America dot Art Jacob Do America. Except Twitter Art Jacob Do A One. Uh, if you want to help support this podcast, uh, head on over to Art and Jacob Do America or patreon.com slash Art and Jacob Do America. Uh, $1 a month gets you four bonus episodes every single week. And uh, like we always say, nine times out of ten, those episodes are usually more, more fire than the actual episode that you're hearing today for free. Uh, so if you like what you're hearing today and want to love what you're hearing, uh, head on over to the Patreon. If you want to support us in any other way, guys, head on over to artjacobdoamerica.com where Art has supplied links to our merch store at tpublic.com. Check out everything that we got over there. T-shirts, beanies, uh, fucking mugs, uh, phone cases, masks. As as Art can attest, Rona is still a thing. Still and a thing, guys. I, I gotta get a mask. I'm gonna get an Art Jacob Do America mask. Yeah, so go on over there. Um, it's not going to help us monetarily per se because I think we get like six cents for every mask that's sold over there. Um, but uh, it does help get the good word out of the Art Do America podcast when you're out there buying groceries or working out or fucking just, you know, going to Disneyland or whatever. Like somebody sees the Art Do America podcast mask out there, uh, they'll check us out and that'll help us out. So uh, go there. Uh, if you want to hear other great podcasts, I highly recommend going to podbelly.com. Uh, check out some of our fellow brethren in this podcast game. Uh, Sofa King, uh, they did an episode about this uh, this topic. Uh, so check them out. Uh, go ahead and check out uh, Ectoplasm. Uh, I believe they've covered this topic as well. Uh, but with that said, Art, I ain't got anything else to say, bro. That's it for me, too. I got to blow my nose. Get those mocos out, boy. Get those little green men out of your nose. Uh, But with that said, everybody, goodbye. Good night. Good night. Good night. Geraldine Sutton Stith and Elmer Sutton say what their father's claim of an alien encounter in Kelly, Kentucky. The attention came pouring in. Articles reported claims of a spaceship. Of little men. Dad did not like the attention if it's broad. After everybody laughing at family and ridiculing the family, he didn't want to talk about it. He said, no good can come of this story. He said, we need to let it go. It was 1955. The family property was sold two weeks later, and Lucky Sutton really spoke about the story the rest of his life. I want to make fun of him, you know, say, oh, it was a hoax, just to get attention. My dad wouldn't like that. Then, a few years ago, it became known this area would be the primary viewing destination of the Great American Solar Eclipse. The date of the eclipse, August 21st, is the exact same date as the Sutton family story from 1955. People are scared to death that they're going to come back during the eclipse. And, will they? Who knows? i tell you this, well, uh, my dad ran them off the first time. I believe I can run them off the second time. <laughs> in 62 years, the cultures developed around Kelly. It's incredible. The people that have embraced it, love it, believe it. Our story is getting up there with Roswell. This year's Kelly Little Green Mendays Festival will happen alongside the eclipse. A story her father hated 
Geraldine's not sure what he'd make of what it's become. I got to believe maybe he has embraced it wherever he's at and he's okay with it. We weren't in the picture there. But Geraldine and Elmer say they're glad to share that story of a normal place and a normal man. And that August night that changed everything. Our family went through something. It actually happened to this little family, Kelly, in 1955. They had an encounter with something. And Kelly, I'm Forrest Sanders, News 4. This and like that, Anna. It's like this. Then who gives a fuck about those? So just chill to the next episode.